Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back. Season two officially starts tonight, and I'm here with your faves, the guys that the ladies cannot keep their hands off of, these fine gentlemen. Chris is back in the fold this week after uh, an absence last week. We asked him if he's using personal time, taking a vacation pay, you know, using a week's vacation. We, we, we have to put that in the business plan. You know, we, we have things to do. We got uh, W-2s to fill out, all that fun stuff. So with that being said, are you fellas ready? Let's do it. All right. Let's go. <laughs> One motivated guy. I love it. I love it. Let's get this rolling. And Ed, you know how we start things. Ed, how do we start things every week? We start this with the email. How about that? Can you dig it? Can you can you, right. can you bring us into the fold with a usual build up? I certainly can. So we're gonna, this is this is brought to you by Goonguard, Goonguard.com. Use Goon the promo shit? code. 1973, check it out, check it out. Andy's holding it, Andy's holding it up. Andy's holding a bag. <laughs> <laughs> He's the bag man. You yeah. take that any way that you want. <laughs> All right. All right, so this question is from, uh, this one looks like it's uh, from Parts Unknown. Uh, there is a hashtag there, the phantom. So uh, so the, it's a podcast guest. Hey, seven, hey 73, how do you pick your podcast guests? How you choose when guests return? Some have only been on once. Gentlemen, just don't mean AC. Uh, well, how do we pick our podcast guests? Like, I mean, whoever how, pays us the most money. Yeah, highest bid. Yeah, that whole dollar twenty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's already went up with inflation. It's like gas. Uh, I mean, how do we pick our guests? Usually, it when we were starting, it was like we'll take anybody. Uh, at this That's point, I got on. Yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad said that you know he uh, looks good in the speedo, and uh, he will shave if necessary. And uh, you know that that's uh, you know just the thing that we do. Tom, how do how do you how do you and Ed decide who's worthy of coming on the podcast? Got to know their shit. We put them through a rigorous like ten question thing. You know, we're like. Uh, Good, good guy, Starsky and Hutch, little combo together and just grill the person until we know they're not going to break down on camera or anything. You know they know their shit. And if they pass the muster, then they come to you and you decide. You are the godfather, after all. Ed, what do you think? How, 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 do, you, how do you look at bringing quality people on the show? Well, I have to say that, you know, through the miracles of modern science, uh, you know, of the Facebook, of the or of the Instagram, you know, <laughs> or of the tick of the talk. Okay, uh, I have to say, no, I, I, a lot of the people that we've had on, they've been, you know, they've been friends with our of ours for quite some time. Um, we know them. Hey, and the thing is, is that we're trying to cross merchandise and cross promote, and uh, you know, like some of the guests that we've had on, like, uh, you know, um, with, with Brendan Higgins, you know, also known as Knuckles Nelson. I mean, uh, you know, Knuckles, he and I uh, got attached through Facebook uh, through a mutual friend who he was my triathlon coach that had me uh, go through my first Ironman. And it, was, and it was a natural thing to have him come on, uh, us like in wrestling so much to have him on, uh, you, you know, to use uh, Joe Lyons. You know, Joe, I mean, I went to college with Joe and, uh, you know, to have somebody out there that's actually 
you know, like doing it and doing it for real as far as marketing and promotional type stuff. It, it was a natural fit to have him come on, you know, um, just to ha or have Dennis come on and talk about his weight loss journey, that type of thing. And, and, you know, really, we're just trying to, hey, look, bring different different things on, different pieces of information, um, you know, and just trying to get, you know, get create good content, you know, um, because the thing about it is just that if you don't use your family and friends to help promote you and that type of thing, we all know the, the, the old saying, you know, if you know five people, you can navigate the world and you never know the type of opportunities that are going to open up. How many people are on this podcast, Ed? I don't know. I don't, I don't have that many fingers on one hand. Okay, so five, right? Five to yeah. navigate the world. So that's why we're trying to hit this hard, right? That's right. So speaking of, uh, usually if we have an interview set up, we'll try to skip like uh, our email and let them kind of build up so we can pick some good emails. But uh, this week we had a guest set up for our email spot. And Ed, you want to just uh, tell everybody what we got set up for hopefully this week coming for next week's. Sure. Well, it looks like right now we're going to have uh, Dennis's son, Gabriel, on and talk about uh, type 1 diabetes. Yep. And his journey with that and uh, being an athlete also. Absolutely. That's going to be uh, pretty interesting. So uh, I found that that <laughs> I chuckled when I saw that email because of uh, how it was uh, worded, who it was from. So what do you, what do you think about that? What do you mean? The, the phantom? Yeah. Do you think it is the actual phantom or do you think it's somebody posing as the phantom? Well, I don't know. It could be a little bit of both. You never know. The, phantom, be... is, the phantom has been known uh, on regular occasion to be uh, quite slick on how he operates, you know. Yes, this this is true. This is true. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1991, the WCW Halloween Phantom. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. You'll you'll get the whole gist of what what the whole background is with that. But anyways, speaking of the Phantom, I'd like to mention that there were a couple couple blips that came up this week on the old uh, social media. If you haven't seen them, uh, it's it's worth checking out. And you never know, maybe I might drop something in as a message somewhere during this episode. Maybe like, uh, maybe after this, who knows? Maybe you might have to wait for it. But it's a slow build. Maybe we're telling a story. Maybe Don't chop the shark yet, Fonzie. <laughs> hey, settle down there, Jim Rome. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> the, the Phantom on water skis. Imagine that. That'd be I hilarious. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. But uh, what, let's move on. We got something to close the books on. We're going to close the books on the Super Bowl fiasco. As fixed as it is, the, what was the money line? Like 47, and they hit it right on the nose, something like that? I don't know. This is when you guys need to take take it. I want you to run with the Super Bowl shit. Bradford? Um, I think our Super Bowl pre-show, I think we did a pretty good job of making our predictions. Tom and Ed both said Checo's going to make a difference. It's going to be who can stop the run. Defense is going to have to stand up. I think defense on both teams played extremely well. Um, It just kind of boiled down to who was going to get that one big break home run play. Unfortunately for San Francisco, Kansas City had more of those. Um, again, with the drops, we you know, again, something that we all three predicted was going to be a factor. Um, Kansas City struggled mightily with three or four big key drops. But at the same token, guys who were dropping all season, MVS and Nicole Hartman, 
both had game-changing touchdowns. And, you know, the the funny thing is, I think – I don't know if we could say the game would have boiled down to a one-point difference with that missed PAT. But, I mean, who knows? If they had made that PAT, they, they, they could have won by one. I thought it was funny that San Francisco um, didn't know the rules to overtime. <laughs> and they kind of shot themselves in the foot on that one. Um, but I think the hero of the game – is uh, Jason Kelsey. My man's showed up dressed like uh, Allen from The Hangover, got <laughs> wasted, left the Vegas airport wearing a big Lebowski cardigan, um, and at some point in the night stole the uh, eighth grader's lucha mask. Uh, the story's come out on that. Um, he straight up took it, posed for a photo, and then uh, dipped out with it for the rest of the night. <laughs> and then the family said uh, they would like it back. So, uh, if by chance, Jason Kelsey, you see this, send that kid's mask back, bro. <laughs> that's all I got from the Super Bowl. It was fun. It was a good game. It was fun to watch. Let's talk about the guy that's on the losing end of the spectrum. Come Who's on. That? Who's that? <laughs> you know gang, what? Gang, gang. That hurt. It definitely hurt. Um, I felt like in the beginning of the game, they had – Wait, hold on, hold on. The Cowboys – have won a, a Super Bowl more recently than San Francisco. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's an excellent fact. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, like I said, beginning of the game, I felt like they had plenty of chances to really jump up on a big lead. They had that interception. They had that fumble, fumble recovery, and they just couldn't capitalize on any of it. You know, um, I mean, it was a great game all the way to the end. Obviously, I think that one point made a huge difference. I literally thought that extra point did him in i said it right when it happened i was like watch them go into like overtime or lose by a point or something stupid is going to happen with this uh i didn't like that so uh that that was tough to deal with but you know what i always say like we talked about before we came on air here i'm always going to support my team what lose win it don't matter it is what it is it was a good season uh, it's kind of been their their fortune lately you know they just they they get into that point and they can't get over the big hump so what can I say? Right now they got a little juju, a curse against them. Whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I thought you also said, Chris, one of your mottos was uh, that you always say, it's not gay unless you get a bona. Uh, yeah, that's one. But, like, I mean, we were talking about how we get our guests on the table. I didn't get on here, as Ed said, because of science. I got in here because of my hidden talents. Okay? Oh, the turtleneck. Under the desk talents. Atta boy. Atta boy. Keep it real Portuguese. I love it. Ed, here's where you, where's your Super Bowl knowledge? Well, first and foremost, I can sit here and honestly tell you that the 49ers did exactly what I told you that they were going to do. They gave Christian McCaffrey the ball for three out of the four quarters. And the funny thing about it is, is that the one quarter that they didn't do it, was the third quarter, and that was the quarter that the Chiefs came back in. Number two. Hold on, I Ed. I think Chris fell down. What's that, Mel? I think Chris fell down. Hold on. Oh, he's good. He's all right. We he's can't do physical up. comedy on the radio. <laughs> he's gone again. He's back. And then number, then number two, I mean, what is he doing? Being held by the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line? I mean, no flags are being thrown here. No, the other thing, too, about it was just that, you know, I find it awful funny how um, 
the Chiefs never got called for holding that whole night. And there's there's at minimum two plays of the offensive line holding the uh, the uh, defensive linemen, especially Bosa on uh, on two of them. Um, I also think that you know bottom line is is that you know the NFL couldn't be any happier than having the Chiefs win. I mean, all you see on TV is State Farm everywhere with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, bottom line is is that you know the Chiefs are the the Chiefs are the new Patriots, you know. And I mean, and the thing about it is, is that the NFL likes having that one team that's just dominant. And the and the thing is, is like they are a really good team. And the thing is, is that you know, at this point, after what Andy Reid has done, Andy Reid should be up on the on the Mount Rushmore of best coaches in the NFL. Uh, Thomas, yeah. come on, let's go. Well, I'm going to go on a Kyle. I'm going to go on a Shanahan rant here because. I think he is he's the modern day Marv Levy. He's been now he's been in two Super Bowls as a head coach and lost. He was the offensive coordinator when they were with the Falcons when they blew a 28 to 3 lead to New England. He's nope. just, he just can't he he can't finish it and to be honest with you I lost a lot of respect for him where the players were saying that they didn't know anything about the uh, overtime rules and now they're kind of pointing fingers because now Shanahan's saying he left it on. He threw it on the uh, assistant coaches and said he it was he had told the assistant coaches to tell their respective uh, whatever they coached tell them. So he kind of threw them under the bus, and now he's kind of thrown the defensive coordinator under the bus. He fired him this week. So I mean, granted they weren't playing great, but they didn't play that bad. I mean, they they losing Greenlaw in the Super Bowl that hurt. I mean, he was having a great great playoff, and I mean it was a fluke injury. I mean he was like jumping up and down trying to warm up before he went on the field and he blew out his, I think it was his Achilles. Yeah, and, uh, it was, it was. And I totally agree with Ed with uh, McCaffrey. I mean, you've got the offensive player of the year, the last game of the season, you just got to keep feeding him the ball. They only gave him, they only handed the ball off to him 22 times. I mean, Super Bowl, you got to get, get him the ball. I mean, mm. I know you, you threw the ball to him eight times, but you, he's got to have 35 carries in my eyes for that. For the type of player he is, but Tom, I want to I want to circle back to the Marv Levy co the comment. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is that you can sit here and say that Marv never won like the big game and stuff like that, but he went to four Super Bowls. And the thing is, is the in the NFL, whether we think it's scripted or not, that's up to debate. Uh, bottom line is to make it to to make it to the big game. Like the bottom line is, is that they have great teams, and then. You know, the thing about it is, is that that Buffalo team, you know, look, I mean, if you didn't, they didn't win the game against the Giants, the game in Tampa. You know, there's some things that, that have been said after the fact about that game, especially the Scott Norwood field goal, um, that allegedly that there was a Blackhawk helicopter because we were at war in the Persian Gulf on Gulf War One, and there were helicopters in the downdraft from a Blackhawk helicopter is what actually pushed that to the side. You know, so, I mean, there's that. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, Shanahan was not the defensive coordinator in that game against the Patriots. You know, the bottom line is his game as an offensive coordinator, they lit the Patriots up. For two and, and a half quarters, they did. They didn't, they didn't score again, come like 10 minutes to go in the third quarter and in the whole fourth quarter. They didn't get anything. All you got to well, do I is mean, run the ball a little bit and kill some clock. Yeah, but I understand that. But the Patriots were playing. The Patriots were playing lights out. And the mm -hmm. thing is, is that if you do remember going back into that third quarter, the Falcons did try to run the ball a little bit, and they could not. 
So they had to pass the ball because the Patriots kept pushing them back into long yardage situations. And I mean, I think that that's pretty unfair to, you know, to, the thing about it is to get somebody to the Super to get to the Super Bowl, that's a huge deal. I mean, it's not an easy task to do, especially with the practice time that they have now. I mean, you can say they don't hit like they used to. And I mean, you can go back and I mean, you can listen to what Brady said middle of this year. He said, football is not as good as what it used to be because they're at the OTAs. They're not allowed to hit and do all that other stuff. Do I think that the game is a little bit more kind of, you know, fast and, you know, more flashy? Yeah, it's because the defensive backs and deep, the defense is put at a disadvantage from the get-go. And so it, and you can you can look at it however way you want. You can turn you can you can turn the table however you want. The bottom line is is that you know I still think he's a great coach to to take that team to get to that point. And for all these people that said you know that the 49ers are you know are more talented than the Chiefs, well, it does it didn't work out that way, did it? Because look who the look who the Chiefs went through to get to that point. My last point about the uh, 49ers is if they don't win it next year, they're in trouble. They're already going into the next season $43 million over the salary cap. So they have to cut some payroll. And Brandon Ayuk's contract's going to be coming up. Purdy's going to be coming up off of his rookie contract. So they're going to have to do some slicing and dicing to uh, actually get under the cap. Yeah. Can we all agree that the, the most disappointing and saddest part of this Super Bowl was that Taylor Swift didn't get her proposal? Like, I'm devastated. Now, Thank you, Brad, for that wonderful insight. Bradford, I know you like me and you love your conspiracy theories, so I'm going to throw something at you. What is Do up it. with that crew in that box with that – what is it, Doja Cat or the other chick with the upside-down cross and the – Ice Spice. Ice Spice, yeah. No idea. Out of my – out of my <laughs> – it's not even in my realm. Just what is the hand gestures? What's up the upside down cross? What's Didn't up with notice? What's up well, with Balenciaga it, thing that looks like a priest? Yeah. So we all we all know that Balenciaga has already kind of been in the news for uh conspiracy theories, devil worship, some pedo stuff. Um, so I thought for the most part Balenciaga was canceled. I don't know very many other like famous people, stars, musicians, whatever's that that still rock Balenciaga. So she showed up in that with an upside down cross. She did her little devil signs. Um, that's just got the whole internet, you know, worked up right now. Because there, there's there's a big conspiracy that Taylor Swift is a witch, and then this girl comes and does that. And I mean, if we had you know three hours to kill on a podcast, I could tell you my Taylor Swift is a witch theory. So nice, that's pretty extensive. Nice. <laughs> Well, listen, listen I, I, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory. You know, there's going to be with this smoke, this fire kind of thing. Yeah. I love the one that she's uh, the reincarnation of Anton LaVey's daughter. I love that. Yes. I, 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 I love that's it. That's chapter one of the Taylor Swift is a witch conspiracy. That's oh, chapter one. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we try to shy away from certain things. You know, people get a little ruffled and bar yeah. like that. And did I mention Tom's got a really great hat on? That's a really great hat, Thomas. So does Ed. <laughs> so let's let's stay on the football for a few more minutes and let's talk. Ed wanted to talk, rightfully so. Football hall. This was Thomas. This was Thomas. This wasn't me. I just reiterated the point. No, no, no. He brought it up. We're going to talk about it. What we do. These are the things we do, Edward. So Andrew, let's let's talk. Andrew, Thomas was the one that brought this up. <laughs> 
I just reiterated the point, Mr. Andrew. He money back. Let's let's go. Is All that right. a real name, Andrew? <laughs> All right, the uh, Hall of Fame class. That's what your mother calls me. <laughs> and uh, came out this past week, and they announced that uh, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, and then you're going to go old school, Steve McMichael and uh, Randy Gratisher all made it in. Now, the the big news is Steve McMichael because he's in really, really bad shape. He's got ALS, and he's actually, the, within the last couple of days, he's gone back in the hospital, and he's uh, got MRSA, and uh, they're asking for uh, thoughts and prayers for him. He's not doing too well, so hopefully he can hang on there and get keep, keep fighting until at least the uh, – Get, so he he can be alive when when he gets in because it's a big mm. it's a big uh, thing for anyone to get in but especially him being sick but I thought the big news was I I mean I like Andre Johnson getting in but at the same time Reggie Wayne has better stats than he does and he didn't get in Antonio Gates is another one who I thought should have gone in and I mean he really revolutionized the position and um, he didn't make it in he had what 116 touchdowns in his career 955 receptions and uh 11,000 yards and he didn't make it but uh and then of course uh Devin Hester who's the all-time punt return leader for touchdowns and with uh what what did he have I think 14 and he's got five kickoff returns for touchdowns so I I thought he was well deserved well I have to say that I agree with Tom I mean it was nice to see Mongo Michael get in there um, you know, for for everybody that remembers the 1985 Bears in that defense, the 46 defense with it, – it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Relax. Relax. I'm a professional, you know? Anyway, so, I mean, to see, to see you know, him get in and to see, you know, you know him being a member of that, that defense with Buddy Ryan and that type of thing, he also was a member of the Four Horsemen. Uh, when he got into professional wrestling. Uh, and, and so that was really good to see that. It's terrible to see somebody uh, go down with ALS because it really is just that uh, Luke Eric's disease is really a terrible disease. And, you know, and, and for people that uh, that get it, it, it really is such a uh, downward spiral that goes down really, really quick. And it's terrible. Uh, Dwight Freeney, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he really got after it. I mean, knocked Brady around quite a bit. Uh, when he was playing with when he was playing with the Colts and that that huge rivalry with the Patriots versus the Colts, you know Andre Johnson, yeah, I mean you know he had uh, what seven one thousand yard seasons I think, um, you know I thought that that was, I mean why not? But you know Tom to your point about Antonio Gates, I, I agree he definitely uh, changed that position and definitely you know to have somebody such a big receiver like that and that change the game like that he should be in there for sure. Um, you know, and I think that uh, Devin Hester, I mean, you know, he he would be kind of classified as, you know, like like primetime. You know, I mean, he played he played both sides of the ball and on special teams and he he truly was special for. And so to see him get in, that was huge. And, um, you know, I think that the and Julius Peppers, I mean, that was a bad dude when he played for the, for the Carolina Panthers. And he really just stepped up and, you know, he was always a dominant force in, in every game that he played in. Speaking of uh, special people and dominant forces, Chris, Brad, you want to chime in on the? Yeah, 
I mean, everybody was pretty much mentioned already by these two, but this is their show. I'm just a peon, lucky to come on. So, uh, but I was gonna just gonna mention Hester. I mean, 20 returns overall well, between punts and kickoffs. That's amazing. Mm. Um, he was my favorite out of the group just because that's who I got to watch most. I never forget that Super Bowl against the Colts that he unfortunately didn't get a chance to win. That would have been a nice notch to put under his belt. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a crazy a crazy. Uh, um, you know, thing that he did. The only thing that I was thinking about with Hester is like he probably pretty much got in for his return abilities, not really receiving. I mean, he had some oh. decent stats receiving wise, but overall, he will you'll never see like a specialist as a kick returner uh, get into the soup because they pretty much have taken that out of the game, which is disappointing. That is one of the most exciting parts of football the kick return the punt return but now you see it less and less with injuries and all that crap how is your favorite not patrick willis <laughs> san francisco and Ole miss alum the one thing me and you Dream, agree on. <laughs> how is that not your favorite yeah, i was you're... waiting for you to say patrick willis you guys are both married you agree on that yeah <laughs> jesus I'm the only one who thinks Devin Hester doesn't deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying what, what he did wasn't special, but when you're leaving guys like Antonio Gates out, and hopefully Gates will get in next year or the year after. I don't know how that works. Um, but I, I don't see how you can snub somebody as prolific as Antonio Gates and, and push in Devin Hester. So I don't know. I mean, he, he, he was awesome. He was fun to watch. But I, I, don't, I don't know if just being a – kick return specialist in an era where we had a lot of kick returns warrants Hall of Fame. I mean, we're talking Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't know. I, I might be alone on that. I don't know. I have one more question for the panel. Uh, what do you think, Ed? Uh, do you think Rodney Harrison deserved to get in? And do you think his reputation for being borderline dirty hurt him? Yes and yes on both. I think he belongs in. I mean, he really. When you look at his body of work, um, he really played. He he really changed the position as a strong safety. I kind of feel like he kind of took the mantle from Ronnie Lott. I think he kind of brought mm. that same kind of attitude and swagger that Ronnie Lott had. Um, I, I think that his reputation, I'm sure, hurt him quite a bit. Um, but the thing about it is, is I think that you know that when he came in and he started playing, I, I think a lot of it was is that the league had already started to kind of change away from that hard-hitting kind of attitude and era and kind of more going along the lines of like, yeah, we don't want – you know, we want you guys to tackle, but we don't want you guys to like be heat-seeking missiles. So I think it's definitely that for sure. And, I mean, and just to go back to, you know, I didn't really know very much about Randy Gratish here, um, but, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, that if he played for the Broncos for 10 years and – uh you know, he, he was a first-time All-Pro selection uh, twice. And, uh, you know, and I didn't realize that uh, he had 19 and a half sacks, 20 interceptions, and 13 fumble recoveries, and four defensive touchdowns. And uh, he was the uh, Broncos' all-time leading tackle with 2,049 tackles, which, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I, I didn't realize that about him. Uh, Chris, before we move on, do you have anything to add? Like yeah, to... I, I just rebuttal real quick on uh, Mr. Bradle's te testicular fortitude. Uh, I'm more of an offensive guy, you know what I mean? So I'm not big into the whole – I'm a fantasy guy, so I, I like the offensive. So 
side of the ball. I'm never. I was never big into defense. You know, Deion Sanders. Yeah, I grew you up. You have a fantasy of big balls. Got it. There you go. Next. Balls are good. Balls are good. <laughs> Speaking of that, I think we should move on to uh, Tom Shitty picks out. Yeah. Good segue for you. <laughs> there we go. All right, Tom Shitty Picks is brought to you by Gold Bond Powder. <laughs> it's brought to you by Brock Street Brewing Company, located at 244 Brock Street South in Whitby, Ontario. The brewery is home to a banquet hall, an on-site restaurant, and members-only lounge. Everything they brew is done in-house, including sours, lagers, and vodka soda. They have something for everyone, so if you're in Whitby, go check them out. Tell them 1973 Podcast sent you. Now, I was... You know, I'm trying not to be a dick right here. My 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 fantasy pick. Was Tom, please to do. Be, it's it, better content. I, I was gonna I was gonna go with the uh, second outdoor game originally, and I was gonna go with it was the Rangers against the uh, Islanders, and I was gonna go with our Terry Panarin as my fantasy pick. But you know, I'm tempted to spoiler alert and throw out something and really screw Andy's night up. But you know what? I'm still gonna stay face. And, and and I won't do it. So I'm going with Artemi Panarin with the Rangers tonight. Well, t- uh, tomorrow night. So you like bread? Yes. Yeah. The bread. <laughs> the, the band and the player. So we're going to move on. Yep. We're going to get into some wrestling. Road to WrestleMania. Bradford, Briss, this is where you guys need to elevate your game because Ed does not watch as much. Thomas does not watch as much. So here's where your insight is important. Mm. So um, so I I found a meme with a, a really funny wrestler. Go ahead, Andy. My bad. Yeah, no, no, it's all you. Uh, I found this on the uh, the old interwebs. It's a dream WrestleMania scenario. Hey, just hang with me, fellas. <laughs> it gets pretty wacky. Cody versus Seth at Mania. I know that's already been established, but just hear me out. Cody versus Seth at Mania. Cody beats Seth. Judgment Day interferes. Beats up Cody. Slam him through the announce table. Sami Zayn runs in for the save. Uh, he helps Cody get back up. Plot twist. He sets him up for that uh, Haluva kick. Knocks the shit out of him. Damian Priest cashes in money in the bank contract. Does his finisher. One, two, three. Damian Priest is the new world heavyweight champion. Fans riot, uh, destroy the city of Philadelphia. WrestleMania night two gets canceled. The army gets called in to restore order. Biden is all shook up, renounces it, announces his retirement, gives <laughs> a pres- presidential duties to Vince McMahon. No chance in health theme music blasts on every major news network. Uh, and then the USA Attitude Era has officially begun. That's my dream scenario for WrestleMania. Wow, Brad. Take. What? <laughs> Uh, Chris, before I chime in on this, do you have anything to add to that foolishness? Minus uh, the no. sexual assault, mind no, you. Gotta no, throw that it, it would be in a hilarious story to, to unfold in front of our eyes, but no, definitely nothing to add to that. So listen, before, before we get into any WWE talk, because we, the, we got the road to WrestleMania, we got Elimination Chamber next weekend that's going to probably set the tone for a few things. That's on the Saturday. Uh you know, so we'll have to work around our recording time, right, Bradford? We know we know you like the wrestling. So um AEW's a mess, dude. AEW is oh. a hot mess right now. They're, hot mess. They 
supposedly signed Sasha Banks, saving her for that Boston yep. show. It's a dead giveaway the way that they they promoted it. Uh, they've sold a lot of tickets, but there's still seats available. It's not like it's sold out. Uh, SmackDown was sold out last night in Utah. I mean, they're, they're losing ground. Um, the clip that went viral was Sammy Guevara again being dangerous mm. at Jeff Hardy right in the face with his knee on a moonsault, right? Or uh, what was it? The um, was it yeah. the front flip, right? He got him with the front lucha. Yeah, it was a moonsault or something. It was a backward flip. It was an aerial stunt. And then I yeah. guess when they went off the air, Matt Hardy got heated and was flipping him off and yelling at him. And I don't know if people remember, Sammy Guevara was the one that whipped the chair at Matt Hardy that time and mm. all that other fun stuff. So uh, thoughts on AEW being a mess. Take it away, fellas. I mean, Matt Hardy was knocked out cold, broke his nose on the mat yeah out cold and out the clip you see him his whole body goes stiff and they they just kept rolling i mean and 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 i'll give this to the pg side of wwe when there is a a, a mishap the refs jump up and you know you know uh personal safety and whatnot is is paramount so i shit man and if if they can't sell out in, in Boston with, is this one coming up? Is that good? That's not Sting's last match in that one, is it? No, that's the, uh, this isn't even a pay-per-view. This is just a oh. dynamite show on a Wednesday. Sting, oh, yeah. The end of the month. Yeah, I mean, WWE sold out Salt Lake City, man. Like, I, Jesus, come on, man. Like, hot mess, dude, in AEW right now. Yeah, speaking of uh, that, last night I caught the uh, end of SmackDown with uh, Rock came back and he joined the bloodline and he was tearing up the crowd. And I like uh, Rock as a heel. Uh, he wore the $5,000 shirt. He yep. was tearing up the crowd. Uh, they started doing the, the what chant, which I cannot stand. I think it's <laughs> it's obnoxious. It's outdated. It doesn't Let it, it go. It, yeah, it just doesn't fit. Uh, and sometimes it, it's a distraction when you're trying to listen to the uh, promos. Um, I think it's, you know, very outdated. Um, yeah, Rock was great. Uh, I like him as a heel. I think they can do a lot with it, especially if Paul Heyman has his hand in it. Maybe he's trying to put a uh, fresh coat of paint on the Rock because the last couple of times mm-hmm. he came back against Cena, he was kind of kind of dry. Um so yeah, I'm hoping that that uh, that continues even past WrestleMania. Maybe more uh, mm-hmm. more of that for me. I think it'll agree, even though he's not on the pulse of it all the time. But the long term storytelling is what gets you to kind of watch it every week, even if you're just watching clips and you're not devoted to a whole show. I think the uh, built changing hands every five minutes does nothing for anybody involved in a, in a storyline. Um, no. Speaking of, speaking of, oh, go, go ahead, Ed. No, I was just, I, I was just going to go back to the AEW stuff. I mean, no. look, I mean, Tony, there's five of us, brother. We, we can bring you back. Just saying, come on, Tony, you got five guys. We're, we're, we're ready and willing. But honestly, like the thing about it is, is that Andy, you'll agree with me. Look, when you're, when your talent bookers, are not doing a good story and you're letting the talent dictate where the story lines are going to go. 
you're going to have problems on the roster like that period. At some point, there has to be creative control and it has to be like, no, this is what's going to be best for business. And I mean, if you ever watch going back to some of that Stone Cold stuff that he said when he got really pissed off at Vince years ago, and he was like, yeah, I'll do I'll I'll lose my belt to anybody anywhere, long as there's a purpose and, and everybody's going to make money behind it. And the thing is, is that AEW, they've been blowing off just all this heat for such a long time. They, they've blown off the whole roster. And then, you know, the other thing, too, about it is, Andy, when you when you and I start first started talking about the AEW stuff two and a half years ago, you and I would text back and forth every Wednesday night. Somebody's really going to get hurt doing all this high flying stuff. And it, and it, and it, you can see it. It hasn't changed. I mean, the crescendo, mm-hmm. the crescendo to it, it just hasn't been so extreme that they have to really do something. Tom, I, I you got something to add. I know you want to. Go ahead. No, it's no big deal. We could. I, I was just going to say, it, Tony Khan, he's over his head. And I don't know if you guys heard about the all the shit going on behind the scenes with CMLL, the Mexican wrestlers. They have a deal where what, whatever show they appear on, no other Mexican wrestlers can appear on that show. So... Penta and, uh, well, I guess the Lucha Brothers didn't get the memo or whatever. They showed up, the show after they were on the Jericho Cruise showed up at the arena and they were sent home because the CMLL guys were both, uh, were scheduled for both AEW shows that were taping that night. And I guess mm-hmm. it got ugly behind the scenes, I guess. Uh, so I, Tony Khan, he's got a lot of, a lot of shit going on right there with him. And my own dream booking for, uh, the uh, WrestleMania main event. I don't know if you guys have noticed the T-shirt that Braun Breaker has been wearing lately, but it's, it's either, I, I don't know if it says King of the Spear or Best Spear in the Business. So oh, my, yeah. my whole thing is he's going to cost Roman the uh, belt, and that's how Cody's going to win. There's going to be a bunch of interference, and Braun Breaker's going to come running in, Spear Roman, and Cody's going to get the pin. And that's going to start a mm-hmm. few with Braun Breaker and uh, Roman Reigns. And because they kind of had the the uh, thing with Paul Heyman and him behind the scenes the other day. And uh, I think they might be building to something. I think that was just a small thing that they could be building to. You know, you might not be that far off because Cody is building his team of superheroes <laughs> to help him fight the bloodline. You know, Seth came out and said he needed to be the shield for Cody. Uh, and Breaker just got called up uh, to SmackDown. He signed his contract on Friday, and Braun Breaker filled out in the Royal Rumble and was electric. He he was in he was the highlight of the night, you know. Um, that I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And, and so they need somebody to help put him over. He was too good to be down at NXT anyway. He kind of sucks on the mic, but he'll he'll get better with that, you know. And um, just let let him cook, man. I, I think that would be awesome. That's a that. Put him in there with Seth Rollins and whoever, and Sami Zayn and Bill Cody's team of enforcers and, and let him cook, man. So sure. I'm going to give you my fantasy booking for WrestleMania. Let's do and it. I hope that I'm not taking away too much time for Chris. If he's got a minute, let me let me get out my soapbox and let me hammer this one out. So Cody does not win at WrestleMania this year, and I'm going to tell you why. This is my theory. If you look at the way Rollins is playing this, Rollins is going to play into turning on Cody along with everybody in the bloodline, and there's going to be a special guest referee in that match. It's going to be Triple H. 
And Triple H, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, the Heyman crew, they're all going to turn on Cody all at once. And Triple H is going to turn on him for crashing, for smashing the throne. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to be more on Roman Reigns' side than Cody's side, and he's going to get screwed again. And then he's going to be, it's going to be another year of Cody chasing the title with nothing until Dustin comes back. His contract's coming up. Dustin's going to come back, bring him. That would be epic. Back from the ashes, maybe the two of them win the tag team belts on the way. He goes to Royal Rumble, wins for a third year in a row, goes to WrestleMania, and finally wins. And then Roman Reigns gets all the all the records of time other than beating Bruno. He's the second probably longest reigning heavyweight mm-hmm. champion in the history of the company. Cody wins next year, not this year. It, it's going oh, to be a monster. Dusty Rhodes... Stealing a page from, if you watch it on YouTube, 1980, the heel turn of 1980, it's called, where Ole Anderson is a face. He brings, he can't beat the assassins in Ivan Koloff. He gets Dusty Rhodes on his side. They go to this big cage match in the Omni in Atlanta. So in the cage is Ole and Dusty versus Ivan Koloff and the assassin. Gene Anderson's the special referee. If you watch it on YouTube, the fans go freaking nuts. When Dusty gets tagged in, all four of them turn around and kick the shit out of Dusty. The fans, I've seen that. They are actually climbing the cage to nope. try to get in. It's going to happen. That Almost the same thing. They're stealing a page from it. Then what mm. an angle if they do it because it will be epic. And it's in Philly. The fans are going to be batshit crazy. Speaking of WrestleMania being in Philly, they should put Paul Heyman in the Hall of Fame this year. He should go in the Hall of Fame this year mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. They haven't announced any of the guys yet, but that's something that we Does he go in as ECW or does he go in and just, just as Paul Heyman? Just go in and yeah. don't don't talk much about the bloodline stuff or anything. Just go in as yourself. Talk about, you know, the guys that helped you and blah 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 blah. Maybe mention Coronet and Bobby Heenan and guys like that. And, uh, you know, I don't know who would induct him. Uh, it'd be cool to see Jim Cornette induct him. Uh, that's that's my theory. But I think Cody's getting screwed at the end hard. And it's going to be one big storyline out of it. Triple H can't can't wrestle, but he could be a special guest star referee. And mm. then they all turn on him. I, I want to see them let him get up, get out the blade and, and gig up for that. That the mm. leave that guy bloody and laying and the only guy that can build him up again is Dustin in a storyline, almost like Rocky with Apollo on the back end to mm. help get back up. That would be fantastic. That's 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 my wrestling fantasy booking. And like Ed said, if you want us? Give us a call, Tony. <laughs> I'm guess. Yeah, it'd be it'd Put be on a plane, baby. Anything with the Rhodes family is always good when they're baby faces. That that's their that's mm. their thing. It, you you can't tell a better story from a babyface side than that Rhodes family. I'll tell you. Um, Thomas, anything to add? Chris? Chris, you can go. Ah, too many. We need some more diversity in this panel. We've got four Cody Rhodes fans over here. Come on, guys. Let's go. Cody Rhodes is going to win it at WrestleMania. I love that part. And I love even more when Damian 
Priest comes out and cashes in his money in the bank and takes it from him. That's what I'm hoping to see. I'm a huge Damian Priest fan. I think he's badass. You kind of see the uh, Judgment Day kind of – they're starting already to, to demolish that group slowly. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that's going to happen. Um, other than that, you know, you I'm not the Croc fan at all, but I'm with Andy on this one. Absolutely love the whole – you know, bloodline thing. Um, I thought that was great. Him coming out as a heel, getting booed. Love the Versace shirt. Um, thinking about getting one myself one day when I can afford it. When this podcast actually makes us more than a dollar twenty. So splitting that five ways doesn't go too far, but we'll see where oh. that goes. Uh, but yeah, awesome heel turn. That's not what Vince uh, said. Hmm? That's not what Vince said. <laughs> Vince is saying a lot these days. <laughs> He's going to be saying a lot in the courtroom, too. That's a good segue into the next. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Tom. One more thing, wrestling wise, and you said you mentioned Paul Heyman. Like the uh, branch off of Paul Heyman, I don't know if you saw, but there's some stuff going behind the se- going on behind the scenes with TNA, and uh, mm. they fired Scott Demore. Anthem Entertainment fired Scott Demore, and yep. uh, they just hired Tommy Dreamer as the head of creative. Yeah, Ooh. you never know. You never know that. I mean, they need a good uh, shot in the arm because Scott Demore has been there for a while. Uh, so mm. you know, maybe there's a there's a connection, and then they have a little bit of uh, wiggle room with WWE too now. So um, like to see that uh, kind of play out. Even though that I don't have time to watch wrestling like that. You know, it's it's more clips if something <laughs> epic happens. But yeah, it's just you know, it's tough. It's tough. I can't even watch NXT. Never mind. Watch that. Yeah. Stuff. Only we only go pros. We're not go, we're not going farm on that. Yeah. Uh, so there is some rumors of Stone Cold, and I know he's old, showing up at WrestleMania, and then the other day or yesterday or today he dropped his whole like entrance theme on, on uh, Insta and like you know didn't say anything. He just kind of dropped it, and it was sideways. You had to turn your phone. So I don't know, it's like old people using technology. No offense, guys. But yeah, I, I uh, just kind of had a fuel with fire. Is that Chris? No, i seen some kind of photo op, too, um, with him and kind of staring down the rock in the middle of, like, a, a ring. So that, that's kind of interesting that you bring that up. I forgot where i seen it on, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're going to do something. Hey, I've heard him guest refereeing or coming in to beat up the rock's old butt because the rock really can't hang with the young guys at age – 50. Sorry again, guys. But uh, <laughs> I just think that would be awesome. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> right. If you're not on next week, now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> double double secret probation, need a mind. <laughs> double secret probation. I'm down. A uh, couple, couple quick things. The Braun Breaker shirt. I, I just think that that's leading to a match with Goldberg. Bring Goldberg back and enhance talent and probably do a job for him. Maybe at WrestleMania, they got plenty of time for that. Um, if you notice, when just to prove my theory about the Triple H heel turn, uh, especially on Cody, his entrance music the other day was different. It wasn't the game; it was the bow down to the king music. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, with the throne and smashing the throne, it's already in the works, dude. I'm telling you, this is hey. nothing. I'm telling you. I am. It's right up here. I, I, I don't trust you after I put money down on Detroit to win the Super Bowl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Was it more than a dollar twenty? Because I can cover you. 
we'll take we'll take we'll take it out of the funds. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, one one last thing, uh, wrestling related. There's not too much Vince McMahon uh, stuff in the news, but what is in the news is March fifth, the new uh, WWE games coming out. It's 40 years of WrestleMania. They're going to have over 200 playable characters in there. And I've been following the list. I usually pick it up every year. This year is going to be epic. Uh, George Animal Steel's on it this year. Nice. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. Uh, nice. Superstar Billy Graham for the very, very first time in the WWE. Okay. Uh, they have a 1976 version of Dusty Rhodes in it. it it's going to be absolutely over the top so uh yeah they got a casket match in it this year ambulance mm. match uh the blood physics on uh when you bust somebody open they leave blood spots on the mat uh it's, it's really going to be over the top so uh miss elizabeth is on it uh sherry martell's on it bobby heenan teddy long uh they, they just keep announcing more and more uh guys. how about mr fuji uh, Mr. Fuji is not announced yet, but you know who's on it? Muhammad Ali from the mm. special guest referee at WrestleMania 1. So they're really doing a deep dive with uh, characters on this game this year. So March 5th, I'm, I'm really curious to see how that uh, looks when it comes out. Um, go ahead, Chris. Real quick, on the I, since you mentioned the Vince McMahon, did anybody see any of the quotes from uh, Earl Hebner, referee Earl Hebner? No, no. I no. Oh, yeah, pretty vicious. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I actually have it up here on the other screen. And he talked about, uh, he was interviewed and he was, because of his book that he has coming out or whatever. And he was just talking about how, you know, Jolly, Johnny Laurinaitis knows exactly what's going on or what went on. Um, and not only that, he, he was saying how he could really bury them if he wanted to, but he is going to let justice serve. So that was pretty wild. So obviously, whatever what? went on, Earl Hebba has got some inside scoop on. Oh, Facebook. I would imagine. I mean, uh, just the lineage of the last, we'll use that forty-year timeline back to you know the the Hulkamania, uh, Hulkamania uh, in January of '84. I mean, just imagine all the guys that have come through that organization, even for a a small moment, that have stories if they get called to the cop at what they could what they could say with it. Like I said, when there's no um, repercussion for your job, when you can actually say what's going on and that uh, Rita Charrington is, I was surprised she's still alive. Uh, oh, I thought she had passed away. So imagine if they call her as a, as a witness to uh, actually say blatantly what happened. And I had sent, sent you guys a clip this week of, um, I don't know if you saw it of Ashley Masano's friend telling yeah. the story. Yep the whole uh, recollection of what happened to her overseas. That was uh, pretty, pretty yeah. intense if that happened like that. And I want to know who the executive was that pulled her out of there knowingly knowing yeah. what happened to her and didn't do anything about it. I, I have a, I have a feeling that a lot of this uh, stuff is going to fall on Pat Patterson. Now that he's passed away, they're going to use him as a, uh, you know, as a human shield for a lot of the, the stuff, which is, I don't know if it's true or not, or if he's just going to be the fall guy for a lot of it too. So mm. who knows? I mean, the plot thickens with that. And I, I, I don't know, Tom, I don't know if you can uh, verify this. Did Brock Lesnar uh, plead guilty to any of that stuff? No, he hasn't said anything. 
Okay. He, he hasn't said, he, he, I don't even think he has the internet and in, out there where he is in Idaho or Montana or wherever the hell he is. Well, he's he was in the public eye the other day because his daughter was at a shop put, uh, yeah. and uh, he was there. So, um, yeah, just uh, week to week with that. And uh, Dark Side of the Ring should be coming up. I'm trying to get the the date on when that starts. We'll get into that. And uh, once they start announcing some. Uh, uh, some of these Hall of Famers for this year, which I'm mm-hmm. surprised they haven't. Usually they announce the big one off the rip and then kind of go from there. So they're kind of mm-hmm. late to the party with that. Um, I'd love to see uh, Dustin Rhodes get in this year with the whole theme of what the storyline is is going with. I'd love to see him get in, deservingly so. Let That'd him, be cool. Yeah. Um, some of the guys that are in there, not Hall of Famers, but if you're going to put, put them in this year, that'd be great. Uh, I don't want to see any of the ECW guys going just because it's in Philly. If anybody goes in, it's Paul Heyman. Don't don't put Tommy Dreamer in there before you put in. Uh, not saying he's a Hall of Famer either. I'm just saying Dustin deserves to go in before uh, some of these mm-hmm. other guys. Um, so, you guys ready to wind it down this week and do a quick uh, roundtable shout out and then good Ed. You're, you're just want to say happy birthday, Craig. Happy 58, bro. Enjoy your day. And uh, right. thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching us. Uh, thank you very much for Goonguard, Goonguard.com. Check, use the discount code 1973. Uh, Joe Lyons, thank you very much. Every day is a canvas. Thank you very much for uh, what you sent to myself. I think Andy got one as well. So I uh, really appreciate it. Chris got one. Oh, Chris got one too? Cool. Yep. Uh, Tom, before we do any more shout-outs, can we do uh, Album of the Week? That's what I was going to say, yeah. All right. This week's Album What's that? I jumped the gun. All right. (laughs) This week's Album of the Week is brought to you by Purchase Street Records, which is located at 53 Pope's Island, Unit 2, New Bedford, Mass. You can visit them online at purchasestrecords.com or on their Facebook page. Purchase Street Records is Southern New England's largest independent record store. Bang. Thomas, quick shout out. Got got something to take us home with. Uh, ah, I want What's that? Positive. Let's uh, let's try to finish all these shows on a positive note. I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Swayman because my wife had paid camp paid for him to give me a three minute message on Cameo, wish me a happy Valentine's Day, and give me a little pep talk. And he, he seemed like he was a really great guy, so I want to just give him a shout out. Come on, we got to drop that in. That's pretty cool. Not without his permission, man. <laughs> Chris, you got to follow that. It's Jeremy Swayman and then you. Uh, I don't have much of a shout-out, man. i just been in the grind myself, um, you know, working this new overnight schedule. And, yeah, I missed the podcast last week. I felt like I've kind of been off my game. I wanted to apologize. i uh trying to get back in the, the slew of things here. I will thank uh, Mr. Lions there for that bad boy that he did hook us up with the bracelet. Thank you very much. Got that in the mail. Good, good man. Uh, it was a great interview. I actually rewatched it the other day. So just a nice guy to talk to. It was, it was awesome. That's all I got. Bradford? Uh, yeah, Chris, sorry you fell off your game. Uh, imagine how the entire San Francisco 49ers team feels right now. They're really off their game. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. Uh, First of all, Post Malone is also going to be on 
uh, the, the new WWE game. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, shout out to Swiss Beats. Uh, after watching Usher grind up on his wife, Alicia Keys, for the halftime show, that man is probably in a hole crying right now in the fetal position. Uh, somebody grinded on my wife. I don't I'm sure not, man. He's catching some hands. Like, we're going to fight. <laughs> that was that was rough. Why does my light keep going up? You're a ghost. The Phantom is at yeah. it. It's the Phantom. <laughs> it's the Phantom, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, poor Swiss Beats. The Phantom. R.I.P. He's screwing with you. I, I, <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were in the military together. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys were overseas together. That's... <laughs> Bro, that clip was hilarious. <laughs> uh, gave me flashbacks when Toby Keith stiffed us on his show. So, let me wrap this up. A little somber moment. Lost my buddy this week. Oh, no. It's been a tough one, but mm. we'll get through it. Everybody in the house is a little bit upset, but we'll, we'll, uh, We'll make it happen one day at a time. So, Duffy, we miss you. And that's it for this week. So, later on, fellas. Later. See ya.